Hi everyone, I'm Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. Welcome to the team's official podcast, SLGND. Sheriff, Lawless, and some guy named Dave, presented by the D Hotel. Halfway mark of the regular season and the conference-leading Golden Knights enter the bye week. Five days without a game, so we take a look at the first 41 games, including 14 wins in the last 16. And who better to welcome as a guest but Vegas head coach Gerard Gallant. Turk reveals the moment when he thinks the team turned a corner, and he details influential figures in his hockey career. We've got a fun story from Chicago for the questionable behavior segment. In the quiz, we ask, how far can Vegas go? If you're George McPhee, what moves to make before the trade deadline? Plus, Razor Fold on the VGK as the sports story of 2017. Razor Fold on more starts for Marc-Andre Fleury. It's hashtag SLGND. Sheriff, Wallace, and some guy named Dave. Presented by the D Hotel. And now... Here's Dave. All right, Dan Duma, thanks very much. The Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, hashtag SLGND, coming to you from our studios in Vegas. And as always, we are brought to you by the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva, all present and accounted for. The Vegas Golden Knights have hit the bye week, and they've hit the first half of the season, and it's a first half that's just been... Beyond belief for this team uh, and this this franchise and this fan base. Uh, number one in the Western Conference, winners of 10 of their last 11, 60 points through 41 games for the Golden Knights as they uh, earn a well-deserved uh, five-day five day respite in the bye week. Um, Shane, we'll start with you, and we kind of talked this a little bit about this a little bit the other night on the TV side. Um, as you look at this, uh, and we kind of you know look at the first half of the season now and kind of take measures to where they are. How do you think, where do you think this started for them, and how in the world do they ever get to this point through their first 41 games? Well, it's interesting. And when you look at it, I'm kind of disappointed they aren't at 30 wins. When you look at their last two blemishes, St. Louis certainly had a chance there. Carolina, those could have easily been wins. Since that loss to Winnipeg, which, you know, they got embarrassed, they have been absolutely on fire. And that (laughs) brings me to they're getting better. This team isn't slowing down. They're improving. And their play has proven it. There's proof in the facts. But let's go back to the beginning. Where this all began for me is confidence early in the year. And, And when you have a team that comes in and there's expectations. If you're whatever team you're coming in, the Anaheim, Dallas had expectations. They made all these moves. You're coming into a situation where There's guys that have been there. There's a certain identity, a style of play that you're going to build upon. They came here with nothing, and I almost think that might have been easier. And because they were able to come in all trying to prove something with a chip on their shoulder, we've heard the players talk about it. I think that helped them forge an identity early. Credit to the coaching staff. This is a system we're going to play. We're going to go one game at a time. We have to be the hardest working team each night, and these guys bought in right away. And with that, Started the season. Then they get a win. Marc-Andre Fleury had to be brilliant in Dallas. They had to go to a a veteran player that that scored big goals, James Neal, early on. And with those first three wins, obviously the emotional attachment to that home opener, they built some confidence. Sure, they lost to Detroit. Then they lose Marc-Andre Fleury. Then it goes back to that team where he had all these goaltenders coming in, four goaltenders in the first ten games. Well, they had to back that up because some adversity. They had a challenge of adversity early in the year 
that they were able to come out of really well. So that, to me, builds even more confidence, even more belief in this team. And it just grew from there. Sure, there's some bumps in the road, but for the most part, the way they started this season, the way they became together, and I think sometimes, I don't know sometimes because I've never been part of it, but the fact that they started fresh, a clean blank Blank sheet and canvas. I think Gary's used that reference, or George McPhee. Maybe Clean was the a one. sheet of yeah. ice and Clean. hockey. Yeah. Mm. That allowed them to really start fresh, every guy. And instead of coming in where there's, you know, new guys added to a team or guys have been there a while and they're used to this play and that play, they all came in and they said, okay, let's prove everybody wrong. There's no expectations. So they were playing with house money to begin with. Now it's changed, but they've gotten better. And that's the great part. That's why they're for real for me. This all started early, and it's been just a tremendous first half of the season. You know, the, you think about it, and we talked about it last night a little bit, or uh, Sunday night, that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the ability for them to be in pretty much every game. How many games have they really been out of, right? True. They mentioned the Winnipeg game. Yeah. And the game in Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. It. You know, they lost to Dallas 3-0 here. Yeah. But. All right. But you could count on one hand and not use all your fingers. The amount of games they have not really been in this year. And that's, you know, that's saying something. They've won 14 of 16. But to me, this their consistency. And Shane mentioned their goaltending. I think we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, Gary. <clears throat> they could have been in big trouble when they lost um, Flurry and Subban and Dansk. And Legacy was able to come in. They played, what was it? I think you talked about on TV last night. A dozen games in that stretch, and they went 6-5-1. 6-6-1-13. Six, six, and one. Six, six, and one. Yeah, he, he picked up 13 yeah. points. They, you know, to kind of stay above water, where they could have been That's down the, the tubes. Right down the tubes. But anyway, yeah. just to me, it's the consistency of, you know, you're going to have a few, a, a few stinkers in there. But the fact that almost every night, save... Just thinking off the cuff, three games, they really weren't there. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible for a franchise that, as Shane said, was starting from nothing. Uh, the, uh, the pro scouts for the Golden Knights are all in Vegas right now. They're having their their trade deadline meetings, basically. They're going over every organization in the NHL, looking at all 50 contracts, all 50 players that every t- team and every organization has, American League and National League. And so I've had a chance to kind of talk to some of the pro scouts, the guys that built this team. And the, you hear them say over and over again, we didn't know if we were getting these players to keep for a long time or if we were getting them to be able to package up and trade at the, at the deadline. So we wanted certain qualities in all of our players, regardless of whether we were keeping them or we wanted to make them marketable. And that was the, the ability to skate. That was first and foremost. They wanted a team that could skate. And then they wanted guys that had character because if they were keeping them to build... They wanted good character people. If perhaps they were going to be flipping them, that you don't want to, you don't want to have put a guy on the on the blocks and have everyone questioning his character, right? Yeah. So so those were the two things that they that they wanted to have in their in the people they got, and that to me is you, you talk about why they're in every game because they can skate and their attitude. They well, everyone in the world is five months ahead of uh, three months ahead of right now. Where are they going to be in the playoffs? They're not. They Gerard has said to them, we got to live right now in the present, and they've been able to do that. They get ready for every game. Like we, we, Every game for us is the next biggest game of the year, not for them. 
It's just the next game, and that allows them to stay even keeled and stay in the moment, and I think that has been absolutely critical for this group. One thing that to me shows they're a good team or a great team is how resilient they are. And go back to you know Winnipeg. Uh, coming out of that, they had to go to extra time to win games right after that. Arizona was the next game, and they had to win that one in overtime. Then against the Ducks, that went to a shootout. And then the Predators shootout. Those third-period goals, Eric Howell, what he was able to do in December. This is a team that doesn't get rattled. And that just goes to the confidence. That shows and proves that's a confident team. They feel they have a chance every time they step on the ice. Uh, Chicago, you go back to a recent game, they had the lead. And and that's the thing. In hockey, you're not going to dominate 60 minutes. There's going to be pieces of it the other team gets. There's other good teams out there, really good teams. And they're going to try to win too. So... But regardless of that, they fall down a goal in the third period, an early goal by Taves. A lot of teams collapse there. That's sometimes, that's a tough mental barrier to get over. They have time and time again been able to bounce back from those situations and find ways to win hockey games. That, to me, might be the most remarkable thing we've seen here through this stretch. It's funny, too, Nides, and I think they've built, you know, a mental toughness. Somebody was saying... um, I don't know if it was maybe Mike Yo when we were in St. Louis recently, or I can't remember who it was, but either way, he said, you know, if you looked at it, and oh, I know David Perron talked about it early in the season. You mentioned the Arizona, the Dallas win, and the Arizona win. Well, they needed a couple of goals in the third period from James Neal and Dallas. <laughs> the Arizona game, Schmidt tied it late, and then Neal won it in overtime. So they kind of hung in there in those games. Flurry had to be great in Dallas. Now they just they grab games. You know, they take games. To your point, I mean. You know, the, you know, the God bless him, the late great Pat Burns used to say, you know, the other teams paid to win too. They'd like to win, you know, and there's going to be points where they're going to have to withstand some of that. But they, their ability to just seize games and grab games and, 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 you know, we can get to it in a second here, but especially here at home has been unbelievable. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that, and Sheriff did a great job of outlining, especially the beginning part of the season, and, and it's impossible to measure this, and you, you can't replay history, but when Marc-Andre Fleury goes down in that fourth game, the Red Wings come back, they they win the game. Fleury, of course, stayed in, but think about those three games you just outlined, you know, the, the on-the-road Dallas, on-the-road Arizona, and then the big home opener. And I don't know, we'll never know, but how much did Mark Andre Fleury's absence force the rest of the group to come together? In other words, we all would have thought if you said, "Okay, the Golden Knights are going to have 29 wins in the first half," you would have assumed that Mark Andre Fleury was having a career year, shutouts left and right, best goalie in the league. That's what you would have had to predict. Well, guess what? He missed two months. How much did the group come together and think, "Well, geez, we have a choice here: either we're going to just flounder because we lost our all-star goalie, or we're going to have to figure it out." knowing that we don't have a goalie with NHL experience. Again, impossible to say, but I wonder how much that forced the group to kind of put more on their own shoulders, knowing that they couldn't have the reliability of an all-star goalie. That's a great point, and I, I had a chance when we first played the Jets to talk to Paul Maurice, and he told me he believed that helped them become a better defensive team. Because of that awareness, they knew they wanted to back help these goalies out. They knew they were going to have to defend, and he thinks in the long run, that maybe propelled them ahead a little bit in their systems in the way they wanted to play. So that's that's a good point, Dan. You oh, won and a rare one, Dan. Well yes. done. Uh, Glad to be here. You just wonder if you know, look at some of the other top goalies around the league. 
Where would the Capitals be if they lost Braden Holtby for two months? Where would the, the Tampa Bay Lightning be if they lost Vasilevsky for two months? Where would the Rangers be if Henrik Lundqvist was gone for two months? They'd probably be dead in the water. I don't know that for sure. There's the importance of goaltenders, and I know we'll probably get to yes. it here a little bit later. Yes, exactly. But the fact that they've got two that can, and we can get to it a bit later, but, you know, they've gone through five, but two that, you know, they've got the tandem now of of uh, Fleury and Subban. Um, the, the atmosphere here at home. Uh, is you know it's it's been well documented and I'm always interested to get other announcers and other teams reactions when it's over yeah. you know we had a chance um, to visit a little bit with some of the Rangers broadcasters recently and I we I asked one of them after the game and they said this is this is unbelievable you know they they made the comparison to Nashville and I think it's different than Nashville just by the the whole Vegas strip and what you know everything it brings to it but um 18-2-1 at home. So the three losses, the game Flurry got hurt against Detroit, where you can, I'll make the argument, they probably win that game if he doesn't get hurt, right? He wasn't himself in the right. third period. The Dallas game, where they just didn't have it that ben night. Ben Bishop and, was outstanding. Yeah, Bishop was great, and then the shootout loss to Carolina. But um, I'm sure you've been on teams nights that have had, uh, you know, been really good at home, but to be this good <laughs> in this atmosphere just has been off the charts. Well, it certainly has. And the, and the crowd, you can't say enough of, what the Knights fans have done. They're, they've just been tremendous in the way they've they've accepted, not only accepted, just connected with this team. Um, it, it's phenomenal. And, and I touched on it last night in the broadcast. It's, it's like playoff atmosphere every day around here. They just continue to grow in a great example. My wife and I went for a walk before the game yesterday. She was wearing a Golden Knights t-shirt. She got a high five from a four-year-old in the park. Who said we're carrying the knights? <laughs> we're walking down another area. Somebody shouted from their car, "Go knights, go!" Like it, yeah. it's yeah. everywhere. It's phenomenal, and you know, credit to the players what they've done with this community and the fans. The way they've you know gotten behind them, and and obviously it's easier to get behind a team when they're winning. There's, there's no question. But they they've built an atmosphere in this arena, and the opposing players love coming to play here. You want to play in a building that's full, that's Absolutely. rocking, that's yeah. loud. You know, you know, sometimes it's hard to play on the road. It's easier. Everybody says, well, the advantage goes to the home team. Well, certainly, yeah, it's nice. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier as a road team sometimes to play in a building that's got that much energy. And playing in Boston, there's no better building I love than going to Montreal. It's loud. Sure. It's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. fantastic. And, and you feed off that as a fan. Or even Chicago, that opening anthem, as an opposing team, you come out of that jacked up, ready to go. So uh, it, it's been it's been awesome, and, and I think you know the players obviously feed on it both sides, and it's been the advantage home team and an attraction perhaps those visiting players, many of whom and will fans. be free agents. Well, well I was going to say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know free agents. You know if if I'm oh, a free yeah. agent, I'm, I'm thinking, geez, I wonder if Vegas would be interested in me. I would love to play yeah. there as a member of the Golden Knights. Just well, a Shane thought. would know this better yeah. than anyone else. It, it gets around the league amongst <laughs> oh. players. What the the Golden yeah. Knights players are telling players from other teams? Yeah, we live out by the practice rink. It's a two minute drive to work every day. The facility is outstanding. You know the the owners into it, and you know he's committed to everything. It becomes a place where you're like, okay, I'm gonna get paid. Uh, I'm gonna play in front of people. They've got a plan. They're they're already winning, and it's easy to live. It's great family-wise. Yeah, No that's state it. income tax. Yeah, right. that, all that stuff. Not a yeah. little yeah. thing. Adds up together. And yeah. that's a great fact. And they, yeah. Gary, we've been around the NHL now for all of us, you know, just under 20 years. This wasn't an issue back. There was no such thing 
as a recruiting thing before. No. It was right. I'm going to Ottawa. I didn't care what it was, what the room had, who was what it was. Could I put on an NHL jersey? Yeah. Sure, sign me up. Now, players, agents, families, advisors, whatever you want. There's a lot put into it, and a lot of stock put into where am I going to go? What's what's the living conditions? What's the weather like? What's the facilities like? That that is a big part now in the NHL in and attracting free agents, players to come to your team. And Vegas, tell you what, it is A1 and beyond what they have here going on. It's beyond belief uh, where this has gone from, you know, from that first game in, in Dallas to where we are now, which is at the bye week for this team, number one in the West, number two overall in the NHL. We talked about their their ability to win at home, guys. And, uh, you know, if you look at even their road record, you were talking, Shane, about, you know, they have that recent two-game swing through St. Louis and Chicago. Certainly could have won the Chicago, uh, the um, St. Louis game. They do win the game against the Hawks. But I found it interesting that Gerard Gallant, we had a you know a visit with him before a game recently, and he was talking about the dad's trip, right, in those two games, Nashville and Dallas. And, you know, the fathers are around. It could be a little bit of a distraction. <laughs> Nashville's a good city. No, no lack of fun and music and, and good times there. And he had said to us basically after they won those two games, he thought, "Wow, you know, you might, you might. I don't want to say you might have something to hear, but you might have something here. You know, their ability to win in those. And, and you look at where they've won: Chicago, Nashville, L.A., Dallas, Anaheim. Some places that are not you know, make an argument they could have won in St. Louis. But he kind of, I was interested. That, you know, he pointed to those two games: Nashville, Dallas. They came out of those and they won both of them. The dads were there, and and they've been after." Early in the year, they weren't great on the road, right? Maybe we made that trip east, and they won one out of six. Yeah, right in the middle of the goalie injuries. Yeah, right? it's been a different story. Yeah. And it's a very valid point by the coach, and he'd know it better than us. Yeah. Like, and, and he's not sure where it turned for this team. Maybe it was earlier. But but for him, I think because of seeing the run they've gone in through the month of December here into this new year, and those two games, those two teams on the road back-to-back, as you mentioned, fathers, great time. Tremendous trip, but sometimes there there can be those distractions. But them, they able to battle through that to go out, perform, and win in those two buildings. I overuse confidence, belief, whatever you want to use, but that just that just fuels it a little bit more. And I think that you know helped kind of unleash them to what they were able to do here in this last stretch. Sixty points in forty-one games. Um, they get off to a phenomenal start. Obviously, um, you know, going back to some of the reasons for this, they were eight and one through their first nine. They had that home stand where they they won six out of seven. So they, uh, right off the bat, had success, and it's just really rolled since then. You know, they haven't had one of those, you know, knock on any wood you can find, lose 9 of 11. You know, they've, I think the longest losing streak they've had is is three. Uh, a couple of times we should touch on, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury and coming back here. Um, you know, the, the ability for him, he missed 25 games. Um, and he hasn't, if you look at it, he really hasn't missed a beat since he's come back, Gary, like if you look at, uh, you know, the game, he's lost, what, once in regulation, the game in St. Louis. Other than that, he's been, if you didn't know he had missed two months, you wouldn't know anything different. He's been that good. I mean, Subban's been great, too, but to have their number one guy back has been unbelievable for them. Yeah, I'm not sure this isn't the best hockey he's played in his career. He's uh, obviously he's had some some runs in the postseason, which have been uh, which have been absolutely brilliant. But he's not a. Uh, you know, his save percentage over the years, um, you know, he's right now he's at 945, which is uh, that's only through 12 games. But last year, 
909, the year before 921, the year before 920, 915, 916, 913, 918, uh, on and on and on. You know, he broke in uh, 35 games, uh, you know, early in his career, uh, a 921. Uh, so this is, he's at a he's at a level right now, which is, you know, among the very best in the National Hockey League. So it, Pittsburgh obviously had to make a decision. Uh, they have to be looking at what Mark Andre Fleury is doing and wondering about about that decision. I get it, you know, Matt Murray younger and all those things, but uh, the combination of those two guys really made that organize, organization special. And you can't keep everybody. I I get all that, but uh, their loss certainly Vegas's gain. This is uh, um, it's. We're going to get to this later on in the in the program, but uh, I'm not sure that you don't. Uh, you know, put this team on this guy's back for a while and see how far he can carry it because he has been unbelievable. And you have to wonder how much he's a competitive guy. Absolutely. You watch Mark Andre Fleury. I don't yeah. know if there's a goalie in warm up. They do that last puck drill. He does it when he starts. That that's very rare. Most starting goaltenders don't do that. Uh, he so he's competitive and he absolutely loves the game. And I think there there there's a fire in him. To prove Pittsburgh wrong. Absolutely. This yeah. is a guy that feels he's number one, and he is a number one goaltender, but he had to step aside, and he did it gracefully. He did it the right way. He mentored Matt Murray. Matt Murray absolutely thinks the world of Flurry, and he should for the way he handled it. But now Flurry gets a start to go and say, okay. And and I'm sure there is a, there's a fire in that belly to say, hey, you know what? You, you always want to prove people wrong. Absolutely. That's what make you're not a professional athlete without having that ability and that competitiveness, that drive inside you. And I think that's part of the reason here. And he is, he's been outstanding. And that comp, he just, he gives a sense of calm to the guys in front of him. His ability to make those stops. Think of a couple of huge saves last night in the game late. Mm. He's able to come up. There's a tip through traffic on Grabner. They're, they're just, He's been tremendous, as Gary said. He, he's, I think he is playing his best game, possibly his best hockey of his career. And don't dismiss the character in the room, in addition to everything on the ice. You know, there are goaltenders who uh, sometimes have that reputation of being a little bit off, quirky, right? It's a goalie thing. Uh, he is at the center of the team character. He's beloved by players, veteran and young, and when you can have a goalie that's as much part of the rest of the guys as he is, um, his personality, I mean, you just even with the coaching staff, guys who have known him in other stops, that what he brings in that aspect as well is, is off the charts. We had a visit with uh, Ryan McGill. You know, we do a little visit with the coach, uh, with Gerard Gallant, before every game, which is great to sit down with us. But he was under the weather one day, so Ryan McGill checked in and uh, stepped in for him. And he's had a lot of people ask him about Fleury. And I think the line he used was he's everything you thought he would be. A plus person. A plus. That's what stands yeah, in my mind from that conversation. Person. A plus. And yeah. as much as they missed him on the ice for those two months, there's no question they missed him even more in that locker room yeah. and his personality and what he brings to it. Um, you know, Gary mentioned the line you can't keep everybody. I wonder what the Columbus Blue Jackets are thinking. <laughs> and hey, they're a deep team. I get it. But they couldn't find a way to keep Wild Bill Carlson. And all Wild Bill has done is scored 22 goals and, I, and more goals than he's had in his previous three years combined. I said this to Dan on the on the radio last night. Dale Talon and Yarmo Kekalainen, they must look at the box scores every night and go, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. holy smokes. I wonder if, uh, can I have a mulligan? Dale likes to golf. 
Can I have a mulligan? Yeah. Or two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or three. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, there, um, there are a few guys looking around at, at, at these numbers. And it all, as we have often seen, it comes down to the role. Uh, Carlson, Dave, the point yeah. that you bring yeah. up. And he was not playing with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marsha, so his responsibilities yeah, was, were different. He was skating backwards. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so and up and down the roster, but it's hard to ignore Carlson perhaps transcending that opportunity the most. But I, I think that the 22 goals speak for themselves. Two comments out of the dressing room last night. Yeah. Uh, William Carlson said to me, I'm having the most fun of my life right now. Mm-hmm. I'm having the time of my life. And Colin Miller, uh, we did Facebook Live with him, and uh, I, he said, part of me would like to keep playing, the, but he goes, this has been exhausting. He said, we need this break. And you think about it yeah. mentally, what, uh, where these guys are at. And uh, winning is hard, Shane. Oh, yeah. Th- that pressure to keep going and to, to raise the bar on a consistent basis because you got to come to the rink every day and figure out how do we get better. And and after winning all of these games, that's and you're not used to it and you've never done it before, it's got to be really draining. Well, in the, in the style they play. They, they play yeah. an up-tempo, fast-paced, aggressive game. There has not been, I don't know, has there been a boring game? No. Uh, you know, obviously no. sometimes you get one, but for the most part, they play an exciting, you know, brand of hockey. And that that's what George McPhee and Gerard Gallant said they would from the start, and they followed up on that. The players have. And it, Carlson just, you know, and he said, Gary, I don't know what the Columbus Brew Jackets, you know, Yarmo and John Davidson and, and everybody there, but they had Alexander Wenberg, who had 59 points last year. And I, and I think that was kind of... He was the guy. He's struggled this year. I think he's got, what, he had four goals, 16 points in 30 games. So Wenberg's kind of fallen off. You guys, Columbus is still winning. So, you know, they're fine. But William Carlson, what a find. And just a real testament to what happens when you scout a guy that you feel can get that opportunity. And and I had a chance to see him at the Worlds last year playing for Sweden. And you could see glimpses of it. And he has just taken full advantage. And, uh, you can't dismiss. Uh, he's got a couple pretty good wingers. You know, yeah. Marshall O'Reilly coming in and coming in with two guys that had previous chemistry. I think made it a little bit easier for him to fit in. But uh, those three guys very similar in the way they play. They can all skate. Their their ability to attack off the rush is outstanding. Well, it's been an outstanding first half of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. As we said, uh, the best first half, best run of any expansion team. In the history of the NHL, uh, 60 points through 41 games. Number one of the West, number two overall in the NHL. They had a season-high crowd. Their last home game, 18,234. It's the 10th time this year they have played in front of over 18,000 fans. At T-Mobile, there is no building, no atmosphere like it in the NHL. The Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, hashtag SLGND. Coming to you from our studios in Vegas, and a reminder, Golden Knights fans, do not fight for a parking spot. Purchase your parking in advance through the Park Mobile app and score your perfect spot at the preferred parking garages of the Vegas Golden Knights. Visit lasvegas.parkmobile.com and reserve your parking today. That's lasvegas.parkmobile.com. Dot com. So we move on now to around the NHL where, um, you know, some teams hitting the bye weeks, a few teams out there. The Rangers were in town playing the Golden Knights um, Sunday night. They're headed to their bye week as well. But we, we take a look uh, around the league, Shane, and um, <laughs> about the Boston Bruins, who um, have gone on a real good run, had a wild game, their, their last game, uh, as we sit here now, uh, a crazy overtime loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, 6-5, but uh, went back and forth. And, uh, you know, it's a team that, had trouble, you know, getting going earlier in the year. I know when we were in Boston or even when they were out here, um, 
you know, they, they weren't healthy. That's for sure. They yeah. didn't, you know, the the ability of them, the inability for them to be able to have uh, a full lineup, really. Um, but Patrice Bergeron breaks through recently with four goals in a five-point game. But from, you know, from afar, what have you seen recently that's led to the turnaround for the A-Spoke-Bs? A different style of game. I think Bruce Cassidy's done a good job. They play with a lot of speed. You know, I think a Danton Heinen, young guy like that that brings some speed. DeBrusque. Um, and these are just kind of outside pieces they've added. Obviously, that top line of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak might be the best, you know, arguably one of the best lines. They'd be comparable to what Carlson, Smith, and Marshall have done here. They've been phenomenal. Like getting Bacchus, uh, Krejci back healthy, that's huge for them. Uh, Zidane Chara still, you know, able to to log minutes, but, you know, they've, they've got some guys that can move back there, Krug and Carlo. But for me, and I, we touched on this earlier, now it leads into this, two goaltenders. Yeah. yeah. Hadovin has been able to step in when Rask was rusty, and then Rask can come back, find his game, and, you know, become back to Vesna form for him. So uh, they, they've done a real good job. I think Bruce Cassidy has really kind of redefined the style the Bruins played instead of the big, bad Bruins. They're more, you know, which, which isn't today's game. And I think you, you always feed off of the cup winners. And how does Pittsburgh Penguins play the last couple of years? Well, they play with a ton of speed, and, and that's what it takes. I think that's the way the Vegas Golden Knights play. And the Bruins have done a nice job readjusting their style, having two goaltenders, and obviously that top line certainly playing a huge part. It's funny how it changes. The, there were people in Boston that uh, a month and a half ago oh, yeah. wanted Tuka Rash traded. <laughs> and then he went the entire month of December and did not lose a game in regulation. So it's it's just how it's... I, but they I needed get it. Hudoba, they needed they somebody needed to step in. To be able to play. And, you know, you mentioned two nights. The emergence of, uh, of Heinen, good young player, getting David Backus Back in their lineup, I think he's got six goals and yeah. 13 points over this last stretch of uh, they were uh, 8-0-3 in their last 11. So the ability of him to come back and and form a good line with Riley Nash at center on that line. But, you know, the thing they've always had going for them there, and, you know, when you were there, when I was there, was that strength down the middle of Bergeron, Krejci. You know, the cup team was Bergeron, yeah. Krejci, Kelly, Campbell, you know, down the middle. But um, they've had that that one-two punch of Bergeron and Krejci for, for years now. And, you know, Bergeron missed uh, early time this year, didn't play the game when the Bruins were out here. Krejci's had a couple different injuries. Um, but I, I think the, the ability to kind of field a full lineup, have Rask find his game, um, has meant, you know, paid huge dividends for them. And, um, you know, hopefully it continues. But 8-0-3 for the Bruins, good to see them back, um, you know, in a much better in a much better way. How about a couple of other teams that um, – so Colorado last year had a dreadful season. <laughs> and they've – They've been able to turn it around. Uh, was it seven nothing against Colorado here for the Golden Knights? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So they kicked the extra point. But the, the Avalanche have been was it five straight now? Uh, what struck you, Gary, as you look at Colorado? Has it been, you know, has it been McKinnon? Has it been the goaltending? What, what have you seen there from the Avalanche? Well, I think that they had uh, obviously there was some some real bad blood there with a, a number of players, and Ryan O'Reilly moved over a couple of years. Ago and it took them a while to kind of bounce back from that, and then Duchesne getting traded this year. But uh, Jared Bednar, I love the job he's done, and Joe Sackett quietly has assembled a team that can really skate. Uh, Colorado can skate; they can. There, it's hard to underscore this enough. You can't overstate it. Skating is so important in today's game. If you can't move, you're dead, and Colorado can fly. 
So that uh, we saw them in the preseason, and I looked at them right away, yeah. and I thought, "Wow, this team can really move." And all of a sudden, they're they're playing the way Bedner wants them to play. They're believing in a system. They've always had talent, and McKinnon oh, is an excellent absolutely. player. Absolutely, Tyson Berry, uh, and then Varlamov is uh, is an elite goaltender. They they have key foundational pieces. They're uh, they're going real good, and they're a team. And <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not in that room, but yeah. certainly. The breath of fresh air when the Duchesne, whatever you want to... Dist- Let's call it. It was. It was a distraction. Absolutely. And oh, it had been weighing time. them down. That weight to be <clears throat> lifted, I think, did wonders for those guys and the team. And they're like, all right, let's go. And, and they had they had a ton of speed and youthful talent. Rantanen's a phenomenal young player. Landis Guggs, they, they, they've got some young, good players that I think they were weighted down by distractions there. And last yeah. year, just completely off the rails, you got a you know new head coach and Jared Bednar, and he walks into this mess. Well, this year they got, finally got it sorted out. I think they got a good return on what they needed. You got Duchesne out of there. I think that is addition by subtraction immediately, and it's paid off for them. Yeah, I just asked the Ottawa Senators to <laughs> confirm they are second to last in the Eastern Conference. That's where Duchesne ended. And up, Duchesne's a good player. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And, and and but it's the intangibles. I mean, it, it doesn't show up on a stat sheet or on your stat line, but those are things that do count. Right now in the West, the two wildcard teams are the Dallas Stars, uh, who have been on a good run as well. They were uh, expected to be. They, they were expected just, to be. Yeah. They won six of eight. Yeah, Hitchcock and back the Colorado in the fold Avalanche. There. Yeah. Colorado's the mm-hmm. second wild card team. I mean, they're they're tied, but whatever. I mean, they're tied with Minnesota and uh, Anaheim. But um, quick trip around the NHL with uh, Boston, Dallas, Colorado. Uh, the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast coming to you from our studios in Vegas. Time for the quiz, Dan Duva. Are you um you ready? Get your number two pencil. You good to go back there? Yeah, the red pen. The red might pen. Be needed, need a lot of it with this group the, of the facts. The, geniuses. The, the, the mid show. Yep. Uh, the fact check. You guys are on point. I've I've nodded my head in agreement of a few of your your stabs. It's a couple things I've thrown out there. I'm not convinced you're right. But I, I, but, but you but you were. That's you know? that's per that's par for the course. There you go. You okay. Got, you know, right. Courage of conviction, Dave. There Gosher. you go. That's right. All right. So uh, turning to the quiz. And by the way, uh, the standings in the uh, the overall ranking and the quiz is the central part of this. Share. Uh, has the honors because he won the last quiz. He's got three quiz wins. Gary has three quiz wins, and Dave is at two. And one has evidently uh, been uh, as an asterisk, like Roger Maris. Absolutely, totally. Yes. Sheriff yes. should be at four. Gosher well, should be at, the owner be at gave one. me the win, and yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah. For me. Bill went against the, the wishes show. of the owner, which shows great courage. Great, well done, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go for the quiz. Good job after this season, but well done. Yeah, Dan. thanks for, for bringing that one up. Uh, yeah. So the the, the the obvious question here that everybody is asking us and is asking around the country is. How far can the Golden Knights go? Number one in the Western Conference at the midway point. Shane Knighty, what say you? 41 games left, and I'm not big on predicting or whatever, but I can safely say now they can go to playoffs. Uh, From there, we'll see. I think there's some depth on this team. I think the style they play would be really interesting to see a seven-game series to see how they can wear them down. I think they play an aggressive style. Uh, they've, They've shown that if they get when they get to playoffs, that they're a team that doesn't get rattled by a loss. That's very important. The ability to have that mentality, don't lose two in a row. Everybody has it, but to be able to play it out is a big factor because that's all about building for playoffs. Because you get in that situation, you have to have, be able to wipe away a loss or two losses in a row and be ready for that one game at a time mentality that they've been building all year is no more important than when you get to the postseason. 
So uh, where they go, at the end of it, I don't know. But at this point, 41 games in the season, I said they're going to go to playoffs. All right. We've heard it here first from Shane Knighty. Gary, how about you? Well, to me, if they didn't make the playoffs, it would be, uh, you know, uh, they've got 60 points. Yeah, it'd be a colossal breakdown. You know, if if you need 92 to get in, you know, that's uh, 16 more wins. Well, 41 games. They win 18 games. Yeah. 96 points should put you in. Yeah, like that's safely, you know, 16 or 17, and you're you're probably in. Mm -hmm. So... You know, and, and listen, this is kind of crazy talk at this stage because you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know. You don't Which know other what's team happen, goes on right? a roll? You know, yeah. all kinds of things could happen. Mark Henry Fleury won two rounds last year, and one of them people will tell you he won on his own. Washington, absolutely, yeah, yeah, no question I mean? about it. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, no question. So uh, I'll go one step farther than than Shane. I say they can win a round. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. I'd say they, they go to the conference finals. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Well, look at it. So if it ended today, and I know it doesn't, they'd play Colorado in the first round, right? They, they would play the second wild card. Yeah. Um, well, they've beaten L.A. twice. You know, so then like the second team of the Pacific is L.A. They're seven points better than L.A. right now. Oh. They're 12 points better than San Jose. Yeah. So now to me, look, all of it, and Gary brought it up, all of it is predicated on health. I know they've been able to withstand Flurry being hurt for 25 games earlier this year. But, you know, all of it is, you know, they've got to have, you know, their best players have to, you know, you pull Carlson out of that lineup for a sustained period of time. You pull Nate Schmidt out for a long time. You pull Riley Smith out, Nate, you know, whoever, um, David Perron. Anybody on that, Carl? It doesn't really matter. Then that's now you're getting into a little different territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's all. But to Chain's point, you know, teams, uh, other teams, I think have trouble keeping up with them night to night just by the pace and the tempo they play. Not all teams. A lot of teams want to play fast. Not all teams can do that. But if you look at the West, and the, they've they've beaten Nashville, they've beaten, they split with St. Louis. Winnipeg, I think, would be, you know, they that didn't go well no. up there, but they beat them here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, that, to me, that that, that's, that game in February, yeah. where Vegas goes to Winnipeg yeah. for the next game, is a appointment stick. watch. Yeah. No question. Appointment TV. It'll be on AT&T uh, Sports. That's, yeah, it's a measuring stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, well, yeah. you know, Marc-Andre Fleury will be healthy, yeah. you presume, mm-hmm. and Vegas is... Uh, you know they're they're more confident in themselves now. Yeah, they're not going like, to lay a second egg. Yeah, up there. right. They're 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 going to go in there thinking we owe them one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll, much and, like Winnipeg said to them, we owe you one. And like Dallas happened, you know, Vegas had one in Dallas, then there was the shutout loss at home, and then Vegas had that win in Dallas. Uh, and and let me just underscore uh, the question was how far can Vegas go? Not necessarily how far will they go? So. I'll tell you right now, I think they can, I'm not saying they will, but I think they can win the Stanley Cup. Oh, Dan Duva. Oh, my goodness. Just See, we've gone from make the playoff to win a round to conference finals to a parade down Las Vegas Boulevard. This is unbelievable. Can they go? And wow. given that in terms of the Vegas odds, the Tampa Bay Lightning have splitting the odds. Yeah. No. Wow. Words are important things. And I am going by <laughs> oh God. The, the question, Adam, how it was written. Things. That's right. Yeah, facts that, are stubborn yes. things. Very good. All right. All right. So, uh, so right. Dave came closest to that. 
with the Western Conference Finals. Okay, so so uh, so, so so Dave wins question number one, oh, and perfect. so Dave, you get the uh, the next question, which is if your general manager George McPhee and you can add come the deadline. What do you add? Um, yeah, we've kind of assuming talked, that you're not going to subtract. Yeah, we've kind of you know <laughs> talked about a little bit uh, off the air. To me, Dan, honestly, I would add some scoring depth up front. You know, those top two lines are fantastic. I know that you know the the hollow line has been a little bit slow. Um, you know, James Neal broke through last night, um, but you know, by and large, if you look at the body work over the first 41 games, those top two lines have been you know excellent. You can make an argument. You know, the, the Carlson line is one of the best lines in the league. I mean, on a nightly basis, him and Smith and Marcia. So um, I'd like to see a little bit more scoring punch from that left side on the Eakin line. You know, and, and Brendan Leipzig is, he creates a ton. His speed uh, works his butt off every night. Um, you know, but unfortunately, he's had a hard time finding the back of the net. He's got one goal, you know. So I, I think if, if because a lot of times, and Shane could speak to this for sure, when you get into a playoff series, those top two lines cancel each other out. And it's how good is your depth? You know, the, the, the Penguins the last two years, you know, the, 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 the Benino line for them, which was, I guess was their third line, just wore down teams. Um, and I know Benino was hurt late in the final last year. But so, uh, you know, could you find somebody to play with a little size and a little bit more finish maybe, you know, with Eakin and Tuck on that third line? So um, I, I think on the back end, I mean, they've got whatever it is now, eight or nine defensemen. I know, you know, Merrill's nicked up and Spiza is, is hurt, but... No, you go to you go to Chicago. They got Reinhardt and Garrison that are yeah. NHL defensemen. Yeah, they're, right. Yeah, so the, on the back end, I think they're fine. But I'd like to see if they could add a little bit, you know, of scoring punch or, or a little bit more depth, you know, up front. That that fourth line, the Belmar line, was back together last night. They carry a Belmar Nosek version of it for the first time in a while. But if you looked at an area, maybe they could try and add something up there. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'd like I'd like a winger that could that can close on the forecheck that can really bang. And you know to, to to get in and uh, and and put some people on the wall once in a while. I think that's an ingredient they're missing. I'd also like that same guy to be able to score. So uh, you know the the uh, hey, I want Eric Lindros. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. good luck. They're all him. over the place. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, that's the kind of guy that uh, that that I that I that I think they're missing. Although, and uh, we'll get to this uh, a little later on. I think you got to be careful uh, that you don't subtract yeah. by by adding. You got to be careful with this group. They're special. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody's kind of hit the points. If I'm looking, and they said it's, I like to see some size and quickness and and a little bit more finish. If you can find that up front to, to play in your top nine, uh, I think that'd be that. That's the one piece. But you do need to be careful. And for defensemen, yeah, they have some down. Can never have too many. Uh, you know, another another piece there, another good mobile guy, maybe some experience. Uh, it'll be interesting how George McPhee handles this, and and I'm sure there'll be feedback from the room and from the coaching staff about what can be there. You know, brought into this team, they they've built something so special, and you know, I'll leave it at there because that's the next discussion. Okay, well, and uh, by default, we'll go back to Dave then because that seemed to be uh, pretty right. much uh, two in a row. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Dan. Uh, is there something special about this group? which suggests that you don't alter it for fear of ruining the chemistry. Well, yeah, well, the answer to the first is yes. There is something special about this group. I mean, I think it's quite obvious. The, the ability for them to forge an identity early and forge a chemistry early has been um, exceptional, and it didn't take long. You know, Gary made the point, um, you know, maybe a month or two ago now, and it's, you know, it bears repeating, but, you know, after the, the horrendous events of the 1st of October, to see guys in, 
in different settings of visiting with first responders and visiting with families and going to blood banks. And it's one thing to see guys at the rink every day and in the locker room and at practice and you're joking around. But to put them in those sorts of settings under those circumstances, I think for horrendous reasons, obviously, it really helped them forge um, a bond with each other that I think is, you know, will last uh, throughout the rest of the season. So I don't I don't have too much of a fear, honestly, on whether they um, – I don't have a lot of fear of them screwing up the chemistry, for lack of a better way to put it. George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and that whole staff, you know, George, I think, joked after the expansion draft, they, they had more than ample time to tr- get it right. I mean, they had, what, four or five mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took into account the, the back, background checks they did on all these guys and what kind of people they were. Um, I can't imagine they would go off the grid and bring a guy in that wasn't going to be a good fit. So I, no, I don't, I don't have too much of a concern about that. He's got four pending unrestricted free agents left. And as great as this, as what is going on right now, you can't ignore the future. Yep. You need to make offers to those four guys and find out if you can keep them. And if you can't keep them all, if, you know, if one of them says, Sorry, I'm going to July 1. You have to think about moving that player. Yeah, and that's stuff that we probably wouldn't know come February. What's that? We wouldn't necessarily know those conversations. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. This this will be done under the the cover of darkness. It'll be... uh, a conversation between George McPhee and uh, and the players' agents, and George will say, you know, this is where we, this is where we this is what we, we this is the, these are the parameters of an offer. Do we have something to talk about? And if the answer is no, I I think you have to think about moving that player, not for not for picks, not for prospects. It's got to be a hockey deal. You got to get the the right stuff in return. And as far as the chemistry goes. Shane can speak to this better than anyone else. It's the National Hockey League. It's a business. Guys come and go. Uh, and uh, now listen, two players, three players, uh, I don't know. You, you got you got to be really careful here. But if if there's one or two guys that are absolutely not coming back, maybe you say, "Okay, on one of them, he's going to be our rental. We're willing to let to, to keep this guy and let him go and get nothing in return for the sake of what we're doing right now. That's our rental." The other guy, no, we're moving him, and we're bringing something in in return that we think we can keep long term. Uh, th- those are, I think, you really have to look at those moves. Hey, just real quick uh, to Gary's point. So the four other UFAs: Neil Perron, Spiza, and Anglin. Those are the four. They have seven. Uh, they have seven total though on the books. Now Garrison's in, in the minors, and Stoner and Grabowski aren't part of it. But right. They've got, you know, Stoner's money's going to come off the books next year. Grabowski's money's going to come. Clarkson's money comes Clarkson's off. Clarkson's money off. comes yeah. off. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 a it's a discussion for another day. I mean, they're they're going to have some room here. Oh, yeah. yeah. But next, uh, anyway, I just you know, well, they the just guy, spent a bunch of it on on uh, sure, Jonathan Marshall. Sure. So. But they've got, you know, the guys that are here now that are playing significant roles, Neil Perron, Spiza, England. Those are the four UFAs that they've got, you know, to kind of whether they do it now or they do it after the and season. They all want to be out. here. Sure. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. The majority of them. Well, especially yeah. Derek England. Um, Derek England, he's yeah. not going anywhere. No, he's I can't like, imagine. He's, he's, yeah. For what he's getting paid, what he's brought to this team, Jarglon's talked about the character in the room. And I probably, you can probably point to all four of those players you just mentioned, a big part of the veteran core of this team and what they've done. So, um, is there, you know, the question, is there something special? Yes, there's something special about this group. Um, but Alter, you, you do have to be careful. 
and just going from experience. But at the same time, there's an excitement when you're a playoff team and you know you're adding a piece that's going to help you. You get excited. Yeah, yeah, there's chemistry in there. But if you can add something that, hey, oh, this is an old player and you know, it happened when we were in Atlanta. We made a big trade for Kachuk and whatever. And that, that that's maybe a bad example because they traded their future and it was detrimental to where they went from there. But as players going into playoffs for the first time, yeah, absolutely. Keith Kachuk's coming here. You know, I think we got Alexi Zitnik that came in. Some veteran guys. There's a lot of excitement. We lost four straight, mind you. But uh, um, <laughs> it was a better, short-lived boost. Be- better example would have been going back to Ottawa. And I remember we added Curtis LeCision and Benoit Brunet the one year. And it was great additions and mm. character guys that fit into the room. So that's, that's where you did that. Uh, and you knew it, it brought something to the team. There, there's also been trades where they just don't work. So it, it, it is a real fine line to walk and something that I have a lot of confidence in, in what George McPhee can do with this team. I think he has a great feel for what he has. And he's, he's going to have some tough decisions, I think, but he'll handle it the right way. I think there, there is a competitive nature, certainly to the owner. We know that. And to this team that... They've got something right now, and sometimes these opportunities, well, not sometimes, they don't come around all the time where you're sitting in top of the Western Conference halfway through the season. Mm. And yes, there's a future. They, they've piled, they've stockpiled a fair amount of draft picks, and they've, they've, they've grown something. Uh, but you don't want to turn a blind eye to the fact that right now there, there is something special going on. And you know what? If you have the opportunity to make something to push for it, you do it. Yeah, now, everybody brought up good points there, but Gary wins that round. And just bringing up the, uh, the those four guys, and and also remember when we talk about October first that Shea Theodore and Alex Tuck weren't here for that when they were in the minors. You did have a certain Russian forward who was in the mix at that <laughs> point, um, and then you have also more recently added Ryan Carpenter. So it's not as though this group of twenty three, and then throw in all the goalies. It's not as though it's been exactly the same through 41 games. There have been a couple of pieces here and there. And Ryan Carpenter, when he was added, you know, Kelly McCrimmon told me the other day in Chicago that they'd had an eye on him since last year. And it's not just the player that he is, it's the person that he is. So you would have faith that if someone is brought in, that it is, as you you guys pointed out, there's some uh, character assessment as well, along with hockey assessment. But there you have... The quiz, Dave Gosher. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, two wins uh, for you and one for Gary. And though Sheriff was excellent, uh, no, no wins. That's fine. What a shame. He seems fine. He'll bounce back. Though. Okay, strong guy. Mm. Uh, so the Sheriff Lawless. I went, is, I went last on every one, which is fine. So yes. Well, it's because you went first on the first one. No, I didn't. Dave did. No, Dave did. No, he went first on the first yeah, one. He went first in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, you did. They did. won the is first one, but Sheriff went first because yeah, you, you had the honors first, because you won the last one. Playoffs. Yeah. Well. Dave I write the stuff Dave down, you know. What I said, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. I had them in the conference He just finals. had them going further. That's Dan all. had them winning the Stanley Cup. Well, I, didn't, I don't have I said they can ball. win the Stanley Cup. Okay, fine. Not that they would, right. so that right, they fine. can. And the I, Vegas I odds the would agree with reasonable me. one. <laughs> the facts are stubborn most. things. What do we got? Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast. I've just changed my questionable behavior. I'm trying to get him back on the road. Brought to you by the D Hotel. Hashtag SLGND. Time for questionable behavior, Gary Lawless. Um, what do you got this time around? What uh, well, what jumps out at, at I'm you? I'm going out on a limb because he's sitting right here. It, this is the bye week, and I thought, hey, we'll do the podcast in the bye week, but I thought we'd do it at noon. 
No, Mr. Slate decides that we're going to be here at 8 a.m. the night after a Great game. decision. No. I had to go home. I had to write. I didn't get home. I didn't get to bed till 2 in the morning slaving over this thing. Oh, I was here we are. Then. Bang. Eric yeah. Tosin. No, no. No, no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. My, first of all, Eric does not have a microphone in front. I think it's so, that's time. good. So, but <laughs> I'm all in so. for the eight o'clock. <laughs> I, I, I I'm going to defend Eric because I actually did suggest that we do it this morning. This is your fault. And so it's my oh. fault. Well, we have a couple other items to take care right. of the rest of the day, and uh, you know, trying to you know take who's, advantage who's, of most who, of the bye week. Who's, but I, who's we? We have some other items to take care of. Eric and I. Yes. Oh, so once again, <laughs> your world, that, like we're just space in it. I, I want to make sure that our listeners get the content as soon as possible. Oh, I was. I, so when this <laughs> is brought up, bye week. When this is brought up the other day in a staff meeting, somebody said uh, eight o'clock Monday. I said I, and, a.m. Eight a.m. And, and sure, right doing? now he's saying, "Oh, I applaud the timing." You should have seen his eyes when we said eight a.m. <laughs> no, they, that's they not like true the, at all. They were as big as pie. I plates. take the kids to school at seven thirty, so this is perfect. I'm up anyways. It's, it's all about over. the sheriff. Well, it yep. should be. I don't. I tried to. I tried to split it to, yesterday. I said, well, I stand with It was offered at maybe eight thirty. Maybe we could split the difference. And, and no, somebody spoke up. My trusty yeah. partner said, "No, eight o'clock's fine." Yeah. I said, "All right, let's just do it." <laughs> all right, fine. So, all right, all right. So let's go, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Well. I, I do like the courage of the lawman throwing the boss under the bus head first with no helmet on. That's perfect. <laughs> the, uh, well, see, now I feel bad. Not about that. but Because the questionable behavior I had is something we're going to have in Razor Fold. Oh, so I don't know. Like, oh, well. Can oh, I, yeah. Can That's, I, yeah, that, yeah, we can. Uh, I think I know I, where you're going. So maybe I mean, we'll hold I mean, off I'm on I'm just going to. I don't know. Like, I was going to double dip it. but uh, yeah, Double dip because we'll argue about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, this Lies Anderson dude. From uh, Sweden? Yeah. Throwing a silver medal into the stands of the World Juniors. Right, New York Rangers. Now we know where uh, fi- fi- finished all the time when he was going up. Oh, yeah. Night. Second, Second is the first loser. Second. Yeah. Participation trophy. Right. I mean, look, I know you bummed you lost, and they lost late, right? It was a goal by Canada late, yeah. um, and then an empty netter after that. But, mm-hmm. look, you know, you work all that way to get to the World Junior Championship game, and, and, and it didn't work out the way you wanted it, but... We've got to have a little bit more respect for the tournament and for all the people that supported you to get there than take a silver medal and throw it in the crowd. The, you know, three seconds after yes. you got now, yeah. We'll talk about that. Just a yeah. quick add-on to that. The mm-hmm. guy that caught the medal had three jerseys on. And he took... That's did, questionable that's, behavior. That's maybe yeah. even more questionable behavior right. than that. <laughs> right. he, did, he, did, he did give the medal back. Uh, I know. Found a is, trainer from Sweden yeah. and said, here, he's going to want it later yeah. in life. Yeah. Well, the guy that caught the medal, I might even have more of a problem with. Because he made a <laughs> conscious decision to buy three jerseys, go be at home and put all three of them on, look in the mirror and say, yep, good to go. We're out. We'll, I'm going to leave the house with three jerseys on yeah. and go to the game. Yeah. It's almost like he might have... It was like he was he was planning for whatever the outcome might be. He's a but front to, runner. He yeah, wanted to be, to, yeah, he wanted to be in the perfect yeah, position. Whoever wins, no I'm behind him. So anyways, I'm, I'm with Canada. I, I'm yeah. going to double dip it because uh, why not? Okay, yeah. so that's mine. Sheriff? I question your guys' behavior daily. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable behavior was kind of along those lines too, but uh, I was going to refer to myself, but I want to save it for that, okay. uh, for, for some of my past questionable behaviors as a competitive hockey player. Right from young on, so uh, I'll, I'll save it for that. I, I question. Look, you know what? I can throw out questionable behavior is Dan Duva and his ability to judge this, but uh, we'll leave it at that because I obviously am not wow. winning this week, anyways. Wow! Since I'm I, not winning this week, I, I'm over three on the quiz. 
Yeah, and I never got the win for the the vote by the the owner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's still bitter. I love oh yeah, oh I can. Gosh. I'm always bitter. That's, that, right. that's my competitive nature. Which so, we'll so get basically, to. You're, you're you're so I'm the subject of sure, your question. Sure, let's go. Behavior. I said everybody right. is on a daily Fine. basis, but Fine. you get to be the one today. Wow. I so I have taken the bullet for Tosi, and I have, yep. <laughs> and I have been thrown day. under by Shane. Somebody Knight. has to. Aren't Good I the you. judge? You'd think they'd be Just kissing up to me. The win today already. All right, champion. Champion in life. And All right, the so well then I'll give you my questionable behavior, which includes none of you. So, uh, in <laughs> in Chicago, uh, first off, I love Chicago. Uh, I love that building, and I remember having gone there before all the changes when there was nobody in the building. It was a great crowd. It was fantastic. Uh, everybody in the press box, everybody in the media room. You go into an opposing building, you're greeted warmly in Chicago, let's say. Except for the young man sitting directly in front of me <laughs> in the radio position. And Golden Knights, of course, were winning. You could see that the Blackhawks fans sitting directly in front of me were disgruntled. And this is unlike the press box at T-Mobile where you're separated from the crowd. When somebody stands up in front of the radio booth in Chicago, you can turn around and slap high five like it's that close. Well, this young man, when the Blackhawks scored the tying goal, did not turn around and slap high five. He did another gesture with his hand. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. You told you were number one? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And he did not use his index finger. He used another digit. Uh, and, 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 and my I engineer, Bill, awesome. <laughs> my, my engineer, Bill, who's uh, sitting a few seats down, who, by the way, was Paul Harvey's engineer for over two decades. Good it's another story. But he immediately lunged forward towards the young man's date or friend and said, if he doesn't stop, he's out of here. <laughs> That's so great. And, and I was kind of miffed because I, it's not as though I, I was downtrodden. Said, oh, the Blackhawks are terrible. I, they had scored a goal. They score. So, I, you know, you get a little excited even if the opposing team scores a goal. So I couldn't believe that this guy just turned around and gave me the bird. Like, <laughs> and not just a slight, like a, it was a forceful nice. like, arm out extension. You know what would have made it even better was if, well, let me ask you. When Smith scored the the eventual you game winner, you should have tapped him on the shoulder and gave him the finger back. <laughs> yeah, I, I decided that discretion was the better part of valor, so I did not do that. That's awesome. I it's so great that kid. How you the win finger. today with that story? I oh, love Chicago. Chicago's a great town. Oh, yeah, I love walking around, fantastic. even though it was ten degrees, just to yeah. kind of stroll around downtown for a little bit. It's a hundred years ago now, but. Uh, in the East Coast Hockey League in Richmond, Virginia. Uh-huh. The, the, there's no booth, right? You do in the back of the crowd. Yeah. And I was with the Wheeling Thunderbirds, now Nailers. And uh, there was mm-hmm. a team, there was a guy in Richmond. Same thing. Like, they scored, and the, the Wheeling scored, so I got excited. And the guy stood up right in front of me and didn't fing- give me the finger, but he, like, stared a hole right through me. Like, <laughs> stared at me. And he wouldn't, like, he was from me to you away, five feet and he wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. So the game's going on, and he's staring at me the whole time. So finally we had to get security to get his butt out of there. <laughs> I was in um, Thunder Bay mm. covering the Colonial Hockey League, and I got the first time, they wouldn't let me pick the stars. I was the new guy, so first half of the season, they're you know they're picking, all these other media people are picking the stars over and over again. Finally, I get, you know, after Christmas, they're like, all right, we'll let him pick the stars. So... Tonight's Molson Three Cup stars selected by Gary Lawless of the Chronicle Journal. And before, and then there's a sl- sl- slight gap. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Not a stretch. <laughs> and the great, the great Bill Deneen, the late Bill Deneen, oh, father yeah. of of he was the he was in the building that turned to me and said, "Wow, man." 
You've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's... I gotta tell you, that's a, the questionable behavior. The guy gave him due for the fingers. Unbelievable. That's, that's for a kid. How old would you say he was? I'd say twelve. Tw- no, <laughs> no, 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 no. He, you know, he was. I, I don't know, twenty. You know, he wasn't a kid. Kid. He was. Yeah. You know, early twenties. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll run into him <laughs> next season. Right. You, you know, know, maybe in the playoffs. But, sure. Uh, well, the sheriff lawless and some guy named Dave podcast hashtag SLGND coming to you from our studios in Vegas. We're gonna move on to. Uh, raise or fold. We got some good ones um, for this week's edition. Lawman, we'll start it off with you, considering you put this whole uh, shooting match together. Raise or fold on the Golden Knights running Mark Andre Fleury hard here in the second half of the yeah, year. Raise big time. I think he's on fire right now, and I'm. Uh, uh, he's you know hasn't played a lot of hockey, missed a bunch of time. He's fresh, and uh, listen, we talked about how far can they go. Um, let's find out. And uh, and to me, no better way than than to, to put your best foot forward. Uh, yeah, you want to develop Malcolm Subban, you want to keep him in the mix. But uh, I'm I'm thinking it's you know right now it's kind of two to one in terms of starts. I'm up in that to three or four or five to one. I want to see Mark Andre Fleury an awful lot the rest of the way. Nice. Trying to figure out the wording of this. <laughs> running him to me, running him the rest of the way is running him every game, and I don't think you should. So I fold. Right, that that's to me running them is you run someone the whole way. You can't I, I, do I said that. Running hard. Well, no, running them hard the rest of the way. Uh, I disagree. I, I fold on this. I, I think you don't want to burn them out. I think you know three, four to one at the most. Uh, I think you got to utilize Subban. They've got a tough schedule coming up. They're, they 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 you know when they come out of this bye week, they're going to be at the bottom for games played. Um, it's going to be a tough schedule. They've got a lot of road games, a lot of travel. You don't want to be taxing. You want this guy fresh for postseason. Um, and I think it's good to, to build confidence. And we've seen it over the years. You need two goaltenders. That said, Flurry should certainly get the majority of these games. And whether it's, you know, back-to-back games, 41 games left. Flurry, I could see, you know, playing around that 25 to 30 of them. You know, I'm, I'm with Sheriff, and so I'm going to fold. It's not only that you hope to keep Flurry fresh for the postseason. Malcolm Subban if he's needed, you don't want him having yeah. sat for, you know, five games in a row or whatever it is. And you also look at that schedule. There aren't too many back-to-backs. There's a lot of game off, game off, game off. There aren't too many back-to-backs. So uh, I think that it's very much for Dave Pryor and the staff to be on the pulse of Marc-Andre Fleury and what he's comfortable with. And you understand a goalie wants to play every game, but also at his age, he knows that, Looking at the bigger picture, it might be prudent to not play as often as he might want to. So I'm going to fold on that. I'm going to fold, too, and I'll tell you why. And i just looking at so You mentioned the back-to-backs, Dan. They have four back-to-backs between now and the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay, four. It's the travel that I think is. Yeah. Well, and they play basically from February 11th through the rest of the end of March and into April. Every other day. Right. That's what I'm saying. Every it's game off, game off. And there's play. only a couple exceptions when there's right. two days off or two games in a row. Month of March, they literally play every other day. It looks like a checkerboard. Yep. And then at the end of the month, they play back-to-back yeah. here against um, St. Louis and San Jose. So right. I don't... I think that... Um, and the fact that Subban has emerged, you know, it's something we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but... His ability to, to be somebody they can rely on and win games. He's yeah. got 11 wins. He's got more wins than any goalie on the team right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that 
you know, maybe it's a 60-40 split or 55-45, but I fold on them, you know. Running them hard. Yeah, I mean, just by the nature of the schedule. They don't I have, just don't think Once it's you come necessary. back from the All-Star break at the end of the month, yeah. they don't. No, I mean, their schedule is, is um, I mean, they're not alone, but their schedule is not easy. So, anyways, um, so I fold on it. All right, so there we go. Uh, razor fold. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, razor fold next up. Sheriff, we'll start with you. Razor fold on the bye week. Seriously? I, I can't imagine yeah, the answer raise, to this. Yeah, raise. raise all <laughs> around. I don't care about the players. <laughs> selfishly, I raise oh. all the way. Who cares about the teams? That's right. Five days? Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah. I wish I had it as a player. Oh. Uh, yeah, we all. That's like the all star. The all star break, right? I could. I'll be honest with you. The all star game to me is what it is. I'm a big fan of the all star break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had somebody <laughs> ask me yesterday. So, so, uh, so you got this break. So, which day is the all star game? They assumed that this was the no. all star break. That no, there's a separate break for that. This is the bye week. It's kind of new, and uh, I'm raising on it. And, and really, Gary had mentioned this earlier in speaking with. Uh, I think he said Colin Miller, right? And I interviewed Riley Smith after the game. And he was in agreement that this has been a great run, but that this break comes at a good time to take that physical and mental breath from what has been, uh, you know, just such an emotional first half of the season and to get away and have a practice on Friday uh, at four o'clock before going up against Edmonton on Saturday. And it's also convenient that they have this bye week in between two home games, unlike, say, the Rangers, mm. who have this bye week where, you know, they're in Vegas and maybe some of them stuck around. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that it, it works out quite well. Well, man. Well, I would raise on it if there was if it wasn't just a myth. Like, well, with the bye week, we're here at 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, but now it's out of the way. What a bug oh, this is. Come on, oh, come on. I've got a meeting at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I've got a... TV interview I, tomorrow at you have better to do. Hey, you just said you, <laughs> will, you it's a bye week. I want like a little respite. I'm bye doing bye, another bye, podcast bye bye on Wednesday. Bye oh, it's, wow. it doesn't exist. Vegas. Wow. I think that we <laughs> so, were dead, eh, Sheriff? That's All right. right. <laughs> be dead a long time. The seat, whatever. And look, the, the players' association and the, and the owners and the have obviously had enormous battles over the years. The fact they could get a bye week in the CBA. That's phenomenal. God bless. Oh, for, that's <laughs> terrific. Now, what, oh, you, Give a yeah, high five you, to that. Happen, you're, you just no. had a little all-star break, and then... The only thing I'm bad. mad about is there's no Olympic break. I that's, know. That's one up right there. That would have been. That's, that's the one. That's a little too long. Hell no, that's good. <laughs> is it? All right. No, good. Don't okay. worry about I'll it. I'll see you in two and a half weeks. never experienced it. That's, that's a long... long uh, uh, all right. I, I've never experienced the Olympic break, so I will reserve judgment. I just, right. It seems a little long to me. So the lawman folding on the bye week because it's not a bye for him. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Razor fold on the VGKs being the sports story of 2017. Dan, we'll go around the horn. Why don't you chime in? You know, and, and the sports story is is beyond hockey, of course. So we're we're thinking about all the other stories, and and um, you know, had this been a, you know last year and the Cubs win the World Series, that might have trumped it. This is a story that hasn't been completed. We're, we're a few chapters in. There's a few chapters to be written. But if the second half of this book is anything like the first half, it's a slam dunk story mm. of the year, no doubt. Uh, but we don't know. Uh, through this point, you know, halfway through the season, uh, over the course of the last, you know, let's say four or five months that the Golden Knights have actually been playing, I cannot think of a single other story in that window that trumps this one. I, I, I cannot. So I, I totally raise. Yeah, being story of 2017, I think it absolutely has been with uh, 
with what happened in this city with this team arriving and what they've been able to accomplish uh, certainly to me has been the sports story of the year. And the great thing about sports is it goes beyond that, and this story certainly does. So, uh, yeah, without question, I'm raising on this one. Lawman? Well, in our little bubble, absolutely. And we're in the middle of who knows what happens, as Dan just said, but there's a there's a Disney movie getting written about this if it uh, if the second half is like the first half and it's uh, um, yeah no without question this is the the story of yeah, the year and, and the, 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 the the loss the, the the what are they called right now the Oakland Raiders they're coming to Vegas yeah like they're John Gruden the, the, this this is this is becoming a hockey town before their very eyes like they've yeah. got to be watching this and going wow. Yeah, something's and, happening and, there. And I'll also throw in, you know, that we're, we're talking about the sports story, and, and because the Golden Knights have been a positive sports story, let's also remember that sometimes the biggest news is is on the negative side. Mm-hmm. And, and there, you know, have I mean, just recently there there are a number of different discussions in the world of sports, and you know, in football and the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick. So there have been a lot of other big sports stories. Um, you know, some have been controversial. I mean, this is. You know, it's a feel-good, positive sports story. It's, you know, and Gary, you mentioned that there's part of this that's the community that's off the ice and the tragedy of October 1st that's off the ice. But this is very much a, a sports story. It's not just the periphery of a team or a league or a player. This is truly what we love. It's the games, right? It's the athletes. It's the competition. And this story is really about the sport, not the peripheral. The only other, and I raise on it for sure, it's been beyond belief what this team's been able to do um, so far. You know, we'll just take it in the 2017 calendar year. The only the only one, the only other thing that maybe comes to mind for me is the Houston Astros winning the World Series. With all those, those horrible storms down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never won a World Series ever. Had a dreadful team, you know, as recently as a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Been able to build it. And just what it meant for that, you know, for that community down there, considering, you know, what that community went through after those brutal hurricanes. Um, but, you know, that's the only other thing that even comes to my mind. Yeah, that's why I mentioned of, the Cubs and the Astros. Yeah, it, it, no doubt in that yeah. community because of the hurricanes. No question. It's not this, the national story, I suppose, right. but no doubt in Houston, of course. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it shows in both cases, here and in Houston, the ability of sports to help people feel better. And even if it's for only a few hours a day, um, you know, the Astros went all the way and made them feel real good by by winning the World Series. But, yeah, I mean, what this team has done here is beyond belief. You know, what it's meant to this community, um, you know, and, and on a personal level, what it's what it's meant for all of us that left other things to come here. And you couldn't in your wildest imagination have ever imagined that it would uh, turn out like this, at least um, so far anyway. So a big raise on the uh, Golden Knights being the sports story of 2017. The last raise are fold and... I already let the cat out of the bag a little bit and touched on it, but uh, this Lias Anderson fella from Sweden in the World Junior Tournament chucking the, the silver medal into the stands. Uh, lawman, you're up. Yeah, I, I raise on him throwing it into the stands and the fact that it is, uh, it's a, he's a young man and it's impulsive and it shows his competitive fire. Like if I'm looking at the big picture, I want that kid on my team. Mm-hmm. The, the the you know and I I get the, I get the the sportsmanship and the character and all that part of thing but it's heat of the moment stuff and in the heat of the moment he was I just finished second that sucks and I don't I don't, I don't want to be reminded of that 
and I'm, and my fire is going to continue to burn until I win gold. Isn't isn't that what you want in your in your top end athletes? It's what I want. I raise nice. and fold. <laughs> I, I love I love the fire. I think you know it could have been. I don't know about the throwing it into the crowd. I can see him not putting it on. There's different ways, and that led to the question. But hey, I grew up ultra competitive. I hated losing. Still do. And a couple, you know, a couple references. And for him, this is a young man. And Gary mentioned it. Maybe he's going to regret some of this, but I like the fire. He will regret it eventually. I regret something. I remember being in house league. And I dropped, uh, we were winning, I think I, have, I had five goals, whatever. And then the other team scored, and the coach wouldn't put me on the ice, and I dropped an F-bomb at him. <laughs> My mom was not happy. Oh, and no. I don't recommend it. And I wasn't. I was in big trouble, and I should have been because I was bad. In junior, the coach benched me when I was captain, and I was about to walk off the bench. Bad behavior. Stupid by me. Bad teammate. Bad everything. But it was impulsive, and it was because I was competitive. And you learn from those moments. He will. He'll learn from those moments, but he'll keep that fire. And that's that's the key to me for him here. It's unfortunate that he threw it in the crowd. I think, you know, I understand, though. And I'm not going to hold this player. I, I hope he comes in and he's tremendous. And uh, I hope this is something that isn't a negative thing on him going mm. forward. Yeah. And here's the thing. I am going to fold on throwing the medal into the crowd. But that doesn't diminish my admiration for yeah. his competitiveness. Right. And let's look at, the, the, you know, the take a step back now, however, and he's in the Rangers, you know, farm program. I mean, he's their property. You know that when he makes his pro debut and, and moves forward, that whenever his name gets mentioned, the broadcaster, the writer, whomever is going to say, oh, this is the guy who threw his silver medal into the crowd. Uh, in the tournament, I, I think that that will stick with him, and, and I hope that, as as you said, Shane, it is um, something that that was genuine. It wasn't contrived, like we talked about the the celebrations and stuff right. after touchdowns. Right. I don't <laughs> think this was contrived. I think it was a genuine reaction, and I hope that it, it doesn't harm him. Um, I can understand, a, a, you know, the the Swedish management coaches probably weren't thrilled with it, but um, uh, and that's why I had to fold on it. But I, I as I said, I. I um I still admire uh, why he did it. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same camp. I mean, I, I fold on the behavior, but I raise on the fact that he was so pissed that he said, "The hell, I, you know, I need a silver medal like I need a hole in my head." Yeah, I mean, they don't give you silver know? medals to the runners up in the Stanley Cup, right? right? Right. You know, and I think it's something that I don't know. Maybe he'll in the NHL they won't even touch the trophies that no. you yeah. get for winning That's the Western right. or Eastern Conference. It's yeah. that second prize. I don't want to touch that. I only want. You know, there's a great saying about uh, a race car driver. If you can get a race car driver that'll drive 110 miles an hour and teach him to drive 100, you have a winner. If you have a guy that'll only drive 90 and you can never get him to drive 100, he's because he's afraid to crash. You never get what you want. This guy's this guy will drive 110. Teach him to drive 100. He becomes a winner, a champion. Well, time now for our guest of the day on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. It's brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company. Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. And this working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback, uh, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. Check it out at Rock Creek Cattle Company. Dot com. So our guest of the day here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast is your head coach of the first place in the West, Vegas Golden Knights, Gerard Gallant. Turk, thanks for, I know it's your bye week. First off, 
You're are you in? Did you make it to Prince Edward Island? Um, on the highway in Moncton, New Brunswick, driving to Prince Edward Island. So <laughs> if I lose, if I lose you, there's no cell reception. I didn't hang up. I, I don't believe that. <laughs> you would hang up on us in a second. I know you would. <laughs> How was, your, right. how was your overnight trip? <laughs> how, was your, how, was your, how was your red-eye flight? Red-eye flight was good. It, it left a couple hours late, and that's why I'm scrambling to get a... I got another flight out of Toronto to, to Moncton instead of Toronto to Charlottetown PEI. So anyway, it worked out that it's only a 45-minute drive from Moncton. So I was lucky enough to catch my, my connection flight to, to Moncton, so it worked out okay. What's the weather forecast for PEI during your stay? I think it's about minus ten right now, but it feels nice. The sun, the sun's out. But actually, it's you know the roads are clear and lots of snow, but it's nice. It's really nice. The sun's nice and warm. Hey, Turk, it's, it's nice, but it's nice. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't expect everything. Um, hey, it's been obviously a phenomenal first half uh, for you and for your your team here in Vegas. Just unprecedented success for an expansion franchise. As you look at it, and maybe over the next few days, and I know you're you're very much game to game and focused on the small picture, but what do you attribute the success to, Turk? What are some of the things that stand out in your mind that's led to this uh, great run through the first 41 games? I, I just think the players come to the rink every day wanting to prove themselves and playing hard and, and having a lot of fun. And uh, I really believe about a month and a half ago, we went on that road trip and we played real well. And, you know, beat Nashville, beat Dallas, beat some real good teams on the road. Then we come home and follow it up with some, you know, beating Tampa Bay and teams like that. But the guys got a lot of confidence and they feel they go in every game and they get they know they have a real good chance to win them. When you're playing the way they're playing with confidence, uh, you can beat anybody in this league. So, uh I just think the guys are real confident. That's the biggest thing. Uh, Turk, you know, you're going to go to the Pacific, uh, to the All-Star game, has the Pacific Division head coach. And uh, just, you know, your staff that you put together, Mike Kelly, you knew all about Mike, and you've had him, you know, in a number of places. But you didn't, you, you didn't have a great relationship or a long relationship with Ryan McGill, Ryan Craig, uh, Dave Pryor, and obviously Tommy Cruz is a guy who's been with you before. Just talk a little bit about your staff, please, and, and what they all do together and what you combine together to make you so effective. Yeah, I, I, you know, when we brought the personality, I didn't, like you said, I didn't know a few of those guys. And, uh, you know, we got together early in the season before the season started. We spent three weeks together putting our system tape together and doing work together. And, we all enjoy each other. The biggest thing about my staff is I want the guys to have fun when they come to the ring. And, we're, you know, we're not going to be there from 6 in the morning or 6 at night. We'll come in, we'll do our job, we'll do our work, and we'll go home and get rested and get ready for our games like the players do. So I just think it's, uh, it's worked out real well. I have a, high, a lot of trust in all my staff. And I think, as you guys know, when you watch practice and when you watch uh, the way we present our presentations, that uh, I use my staff. All the guys are, all the guys are being useful. Uh, you know, I got two of the guys do the power play and the penalty kill. Uh, Ryan McGill takes care of the defense. And so, you know, we, we sit down every day and talk about different things. But, uh, you know, my staff gets a lot of, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of that preparation and then get, get prepared for games. So that's the way I coach and that's the way I'll always be. Turk. Uh, and obviously Dave Pryor does an unbelievable job with the goalies. You know, he uh, he works hard and, uh, you know, he's uh, it's 100%. Dave makes the call on the goaltenders who's playing, who's ready to go. And, uh what he does with the goaltender. So, uh, you know, like I said, we, we trust Dave, and he's done a great job with them. On that, who's starting next game? <laughs> no idea. I'm just kidding. I'll ask Dave Friday. I'm just kidding. Uh, 
there, you have a chance probably reflect a bit. I remember starting the t- start of the season. You didn't know a lot of these guys, and you were still putting names to faces and all that. And, and you mentioned the work and that. What has maybe been the biggest surprise? It has been the skill, the work ethic, uh, or the character of this team. What's maybe some things that uh, have stood out with you that with now knowing these players you have? Well, I think it's a combination of everything you just said. I mean, uh, you couldn't do it with just one thing. I mean, sure, you like to have a lot of skill, but if you don't have the work ethic with the skill, it's not going to work. And I think we got a lot of good people. I and mean, George talked about that in the expansion draft when we, when he was selecting players. Uh, the, you know, the number one criteria is getting good people and, and, and that's ready to come to work and have fun. And, and I think he's done a good job of doing that. And, you know, we like I said, we come to the rink and we have fun. We work hard. We have fun. And uh, we enjoy being around our facilities. And, and right now it's working real good for us, so we hope to continue that. Turk, I think one of the things that we touched on earlier that's been maybe most impressive is your team's consistency. Uh, maybe could you speak to that? I mean, we kind of talked about it on the TV side last night that of the 41 games you guys have played, there's maybe two or three that you really haven't been in. Where you know most nights you guys have had more than a, a good chance to win. Could you maybe just touch on how you guys have been able to, you know, the consistency you've demonstrated night to night? Yeah, and that's a credit to our players. I mean, the guys come to the rink and they're, and they're ready to play. And and uh, and again, we, we we practice hard. We we practice for 40, 45 minutes. We get the guys ready to play the games. And the most important thing is the two points at the end at the at the, at the end of the hockey game. And, and I, I just think, you know, guys, uh, you know, we got great leadership in the room, and they get prepared to play every night, and they're, and they're excited. And uh, when the game when the puck drops at seven o'clock or five o'clock, whatever time it's going to be. They're ready to play, and that's the biggest thing. They're ready to battle, and they're ready to play, and they're ready to prove themselves every night. And that's that's what I like about our team. We, some nights we don't start off well, and we, and we finish real good. And other nights we start off well, and we don't finish so well, but we find ways to win a lot of hockey games. And that's a, that, that's a, what really impresses me about our group. They never quit. They work hard, and we, we had a chance to win every night we play. Turk, I want to go back maybe to your playing days, and, and Brad May, who works with us, said uh, you were one of his kind of mentors growing up, and he tried to model his game after you. Who was maybe uh, the guys you looked up to as you were coming up in the league and, and who you tried to, to maybe model your game after, and who had a big influence on your career? You know what? The, the, actually, it was the New York Islanders team back in, uh, in, in, you know, in the 80s when they were winning those Stanley Cups and when they were real good teams. and. To be honest with you, I, I mean, Mike Bossy was a guy that I, I loved to, you know, try and score goals like. But I liked the combination of Bossy, Trotje, and Gillies because I liked to fight. And Gillies yeah. was that type of player, and so they were my three favorite players when I was a kid growing up. Just because they were winning Stanley Cups and they were beating the teams that I hated the most. So, <laughs> but uh, and again, it was you know you, you always liked all the Islanders that played in the NHL. I mean, Harold Thompson, Forbes Kennedy, Ricky Vive, all those guys, McMillan's, uh, Al McAdam, so. But uh, I would say the biggest influence of me growing up was those, was those you know, that big line with the Islanders in the, in the, in the early 80s. Hey, Turk, kind of following up on that, you, you played for certainly your fair share of coaches during your career. Uh, who do you draw the most from as a coach now? You know, do you, do you say things to your team that in your own mind you say, I used to hear that a lot from this coach or that coach? Who, who, who do you draw from? You know what, it's, it's hard to pick one. But, you know, obviously I, I drew a lot from a lot, but the, the guy I had the best success for as a player was Jacques Demers. So Jacques was the big X's and O's coach. He was just the guy that uh, let you play and let you, he motivated you. And, you know, he had a lot of fun with him. And, and so he was a guy that, you know, and one thing he always used to say, he said uh, the best thing about practice is when the players can laugh at, when the coach can laugh at himself. 
So sometimes we're not going to be perfect. And, and the players, there's nothing better than the player when a coach makes a mistake on the board or a coach messes up the drill. <laughs> and the players have a good chuckle. And the jock always said, you know, he said, I enjoy that because they're laughing at me, but they're not laughing at me. They're laughing with me. So it was, it was a good thing that jock always said. And he, and he messed up a lot on the board, believe me. So we just <laughs> chuckled at him. But uh, it's just a funny story that you remember. But you know, I had a lot of good coaches. Brian Murray, you know. He was a good, solid man, and you know he he got the best out of his players, and so I had a lot of good guys. You take a little bit from each guy. Is that a fine line, Turk? That you know, you obviously the players, and it's the first half of the year has been a perfect case study. They 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 love playing for you and the staff, but and they, you can have fun with them. But there's a fine line there, and when something you know needs to be said, that you know you're able to say it. How do you how do you kind of work that or walk that line? Yeah, no, and, and, and I'm honest with the guys. I mean, we, we don't have perfect nights every night, and I let them know when I'm not happy with them. I mean, there's certain times, but most nights, you know, and, and I tell our guys, I, I need 20 guys. We need 20 guys to win hockey games, and that's what we need my team. And, you know, very few nights have, have certain guys not played well, and, you know, they didn't play as much ice time, and they didn't, you know, get the get the, the minutes that they usually get, and that's, that's part of responsibility of being a coach. I mean, you want your best players playing, but they got to make sure they're playing every night, get beaten every night. And if they're having an off night, you got to make sure somebody else gets that ice time. So I, I think I'm a real fair coach to all my players, not just my best players. What do you got planned for the bye week? We know you're headed. To, you're going to be on the Confederation Bridge here in about a half an hour, and and then on the island. What are you going to do? Well, today I'm going to relax because it's been a long day. And uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night, I'm going to play a lot of poker with my buddies and have some fun and. I'll probably go watch a couple of my nieces play some some hockey, and you know, but just kill time, relax, and have fun, and see some friends and family. You drove, you you flew all the way from <laughs> all the way from, from Vegas to Summerside to play poker. Uh, Turk, uh, they they they've got cards here, you know. <laughs> It's who you're playing with. It's your company. Uh, uh, <laughs> are you are you are you a strong poker player? I think I am, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I get back. Uh, Turk, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, we know it's been um, a busy stretch. I, I guess the one last thing I would ask you is that your team's been playing so well. Uh, winners of eleven of twelve. Um, this great run of fourteen one and one. I guess as a part of you would like to keep playing, but also you guys have been grinding it here since the start of rookie camp. Does this bye week come at a good time for you and the whole group? Yeah, I think it's a great time. I really do. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after the break. But uh, when guys, guys are getting beat up a little bit, the guys have been pushing real hard, playing real well the last you know twenty games, and so I think it's a good time to guys get away, forget about hockey for three or four days, and they'll come back on Thursday and get ready for practice on Friday, and then hopefully they'll set for the for the big game against Edmonton on Saturday. So I think it's a good time. Well, Turk, we appreciate the time very much. Congratulations on what has been a great uh, first half and uh, safe ride the rest of the way to PEI. Okay, guys, thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, Gerard Gallant joining us, the head coach of your Vegas Golden Knights, first place in the West, number two in the NHL. Um, just a great run, an un- unbelievable run so far for him and for his team. Well, my dad is from Prince Edward Island, and uh, we would go there every summer, and we went before there was a bridge. Now there is a bridge that connects New Brunswick uh, to, uh, to to Prince Edward Island, two small provinces on the East Coast in Canada, and you had the, 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 the ferries... The last ferry was at 5 o'clock out of a place called Cape Torpentine. 
and you, so you had to be there around four thirty, or you would miss it. So uh, I've been I've been where Turkey is right now with my dad going way too fast <laughs> in a uh, in a nineteen seventy two Plymouth Fury three, trying to make sure he got that last ferry. So uh, it's nice that they have the bridge there. He's got to relax. Did you complain? Did you complain then about being early like you are now? <laughs> your dad? Oh, oh, dad, we can't do that. It's too early. Believe it or not, I kept my mouth shut around my old man. Yeah, <laughs> probably a wise choice. Yes. I've been to PEI uh, twenty. Uh, it's over uh, twenty years ago when they they uh, the Ottawa Senators farm team was in PEI, yeah. and I was doing the games in Providence, and I was there twice. And it was right around that. It was in the dead of winter in PEI. Oh no! And it was a ghost town. We'll have to get you to tell the story of going there with the uh, no, trying to get the Bruins job, the play-by-play job, and yeah. uh, and leaving for, weren't you leaving for PEI for a playoff series? Oh, no, Quebec City. Oh, Quebec City. Yeah, it was Sorry. a long bus ride nonetheless. I've but, got my gosher stories. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them to bore you there. with, no question. They have good muscles there, PEI. Yes, they do. But I've, The point is, I've always wanted to go back in the summer. It's beautiful. And play golf. And, it's like Ireland. It's gorgeous. Yeah, so uh, Newfoundland. That's, that's on the list. Yeah, St. John's, Newfoundland in the dead of winter is a different spot. But yeah. in the summer, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Well, just about ready to wrap things up here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Name Dave podcast. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva with you from our studios in Vegas. But before we get to our, um, our fact check here, Dan's going to... Um, Tell us everything we screwed up, and I'm sure there's plenty. Uh, a reminder, we're brought to you by Foley Food and Wine. Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley, uh, Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of the greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and also outstanding destinations. And as a member of the society, you'll have access to their entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Fo- Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life, and they look forward to hosting you during your next visit. All right. Fact check time, Dan Duva. How much, if anything, did we screw up this time around? You, know, you, you guys are making me work because I, I check on all this stuff where you throw a number out. Oh, I think it was uh, three losses in a row, and, and it turns out you guys are always right. So I go and check these things, and it turns out you're correct. So you're right, and just to follow up on that particular one, yeah. Dave threw out that he thought the team had not lost more than three in a row, and yeah. you were right. They have not lost more than three in a row at any point this year, and of course, on uh, a few occasions, they have won five or more in a row. Yeah. Well, have, was I, uh, I threw out the Tuka, did Rask not lose in regulation in December? I saw that somewhere on a TV screen. I think that's yeah. right. I thought yeah. it was 11-0-1, mm-hmm. but I, yeah. I was going to say the regulation actual numbers... Losses. But I wasn't confident enough to. I thought I, I thought I screwed up the numbers, but it hadn't lost in regulation. Yeah. All right, that's good. Good mm-hmm. for Dave. Okay, good. There you go. Yeah, the, and uh, and to to that point, uh, I, I suppose it it's now obvious since the other two fellows here threw me under the bus on uh, questionable behavior. That well, these things from happen. that alone, not a perfect world. They are there, not man. winning the podcast today. Gave uh, Dave Gosher, easy for me to say, is today's. SLGND podcast champion. All Congratulations, right. Dave. All right, thank you, Dan. And the unquestionable champ. behavior continues. <laughs> and and you will not be winning any podcasts if you keep up keep up that kind of talk. Questionable behavior continues. <laughs> also, uh, props to Dave because uh, you had recommended that uh, that Eagles documentary. Which oh I yeah, you like that? I've been trying enjoyed. to get the sheriff to download and that, that and, for the And flights. therefore, I, I made a, a an Eagles reference. Yeah. Play by play, guys stick together. That's here. it's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, they're in the same union. Well, yes. yeah. yeah, but but um, I, I gift I, of gabbers. I, I borrowed an Eagles line yesterday on the post game show on our radio broadcast, and we were trying to sum up the first half of the season. And I, I said it. It's you no, know, in from a Vegas standpoint. 
we may lose, we may win, but we'll never be here again. And this is oh. the first season of the Golden Knights. Whatever happens. You just took it to the limit for me. <laughs> well, that's from Take It Easy, but that's fine. Yep. That's par for the course here. But not surprised with uh, Dan Duva. So the hashtag SLGND podcast. So, hey, reminder for you, subscribe to our podcast. Go to iTunes, search Vegas Golden Knights. And then it pops up right there, Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast. And you can you can subscribe, you can join it. And like we've got right now the the customer ratings, we have uh, the average rating is excellent. Except, oh. So that's no surprise. Oh, pardon? Yeah, yeah. Hey, my they're parents, easy graders. My parents figured it out. Anybody can. My mom's and, been voting a lot. So yeah, <laughs> the '90s have been well represented oh, yes. in the voting process. But anyway, go to iTunes, just search Vegas Golden Knights, and the podcast pops. Um, right up there. So the bye week for the Golden Knights. I'm curious to see the first game after the bye week at home against the Edmonton Oilers, one of the only teams that's really kind of handed it to the Golden Knights this year. So that'll be first up. And they've been getting it handed to themselves I recently know. by everyone. <laughs> I know it. So, uh, But anyways, uh, we thank Gerard Gallant for joining us, uh, our, our guest of the week, and we thank you for joining us as well on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast on our bye week. Hashtag SLGND for Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva, Dave Gosher saying so long. Talk to you next time from Vegas.